Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Right. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Look out. It's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, the other one, and I love films. As Oprah Winfrey once said... You can have it all, just not all at once. Yes, the souvenir part two is more fun, but you do have to start with the souvenir to fully understand the souvenir part two. That's just how it works. You're going to have to deal with it. That's true, Oprah Winfrey. Every week I invite a special guest over. I tell them they've died. Then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Barry Jenkins, Himesh Patel, Mark Frost, Sharon Stone, Sarah Marshall, Jamila Jamil, and even Bled Clambles. But this week it's the brilliant comic actor Helena York. This is the end of this season. I will be taking four weeks off, but there'll be four Rewind Classics in the meantime before we return with an absolutely massive one on August 9th. You can watch all of Shrinking on Apple TV Plus and all three seasons of Ted Lasso on Apple TV Plus. Make sure you watch them all. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein where you get an extra 20 minutes of chat with Helena. We laugh a lot. She tells me a secret. We talk about beginnings and endings. You get the whole episode uncut and ad-free and as a video. Check it out over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. So, Helena York is a brilliant and hilarious musical theatre actor and star of the excellent The Other Two, which if you haven't seen it, it just finished its third season and it is truly brilliant. You should watch it. We recorded this a couple of weeks ago on Zoom. We'd never met before. We had such a good time. This one's really funny. I really think you're going to love this one. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 255 of Films to be Buried with. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Maureen, what's this I hear about you going to film school? I am. I want to gain valuable skills while making films and developing my creativity. So I'm attending the New York Film Academy. I'm thinking about becoming one of them people that writes the numbers on the title board. NIFA is a very respected film school. 
I hear they offer a variety of options to meet your educational goals, whether you want a BFA or MFA degree or want to learn at a quicker pace with a short-term programme. That's right. They've got workshops and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, cinematography, screenwriting, producing, game design, musical theatre and more. Are you attending in New York? Might do. They have multiple campuses in some amazing locations like New York, LA, Miami, Italy, Australia and online. And you can learn more about the New York Film Academy at nyfa.edu. That's nyfa.edu. Thanks, Maureen. Hello, and welcome to Films to be Buried with. It is I, Brett Goldstein, and I am joined today by an actor, a musical superstar, a comedian, a sitcom giant, a legend, a master of sex, a 30 rocker, and the of uh, one of one of the greatest of the other two. I can't believe she's here. She really is. But look at her. If you're looking on the video, you can see her. And if you're listening, you can hear her. Here she is, the myth, the legend, the woman. It's Elena York. Claps for self. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, big fan. Hello. Nice to see you and meet you. We've been chatting for maybe three minutes and I'm very still starstruck. I'm equally starstruck. I I was saying to you off mic, and I realized I should say on mic, that your show, The Other Two, which I don't know how many people in England have seen it, but if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. And I'll tell you for why, for many reasons. It's brilliant, but... It's also incredibly unusual in TV for the first episode to be perfect. As it, most TV shows, people say, give it three three seasons and it starts to get good. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to give it. You just got to give it five weeks of your life, and then it starts getting good. <laughs> but the the other two first episode, it's like, yeah, you nailed it. Everyone, it's very clear the show. Everything's funny. All the characters you care about. Everyone is sympathetic, empathetic. It's got pathos. It's a funny idea, filled with jokes. Fucking brilliant. Oh, thank you. And that's episode one. Well, that's how I feel about Ted Lasso. You guys were all a perfect cast, introduced perfectly in the pilot episode. I th- feel oh, like that's what you guys got so right, was cast. It was like so great. Every single person was perfect. You know what I mean? In your show, and forgive me for not knowing your life story, did you all know each other? Is, it, is your show a magical thing, or is it something that you've been building towards? Like, did you know... Drew and the writers like... No, I didn't. Well, I don't know about you and your comedy journey, but I went to musical theater school. So I was this kind of like geek that was doing theater. And when it came time to like take an improv class when I was unemployed, they were $400. And I was like, I can't fucking afford that. And so I wasn't in the world. Like I wasn't in the right. improv Like Drew Tarver is a wonderful improviser through, does Upright Citizens Brigade, is on improv teams, tours with Ben Schwartz and is very, very funny in that way. And then Chris and Sarah, who created the other two, were, you know, comedians, improvisers, worked at College Humor and then, you know, co-head wrote SNL. And so mm-hmm. when I read the show, I was like, and you know, it's so funny. I was just listening to Adam Scott's episode of your show and he read Severance and yeah. he was like, this is really great. I'm not going to get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's sort of how I felt. I actually, as an actor, hate reading things I want. It's devastating. Yeah. Like devastating because it's sort of like, oh, the fall from the rejection will be from such a greater height. Yeah. (laughs) It will hurt so much more. So it was kind of this like, it was like a cool kids on the other side of the playground that I I didn't know anybody. And, you know, going to a table read in LA and like met Ken Marino and Molly Shannon was like, what the fuck am I doing here? Um, That's so And and the entire shooting of the pilot, that's so nice what you said about the pilot. It was like dying of an anxiety attack because I was positive they were going to replace me. They were going to like shoot the whole pilot and be like, we have to redo all of Helena's scenes. (laughs) That's so great. I didn't know that. I didn't know that you were completely unknown to them. Or as in, you you were not connected in any way. That's fucking cool. What a find. Yeah, well, thank you so much. <laughs> yes, I am such a gem. <laughs> thank you. 
What a find. Yes, thank you. Just a diamond in the rough. That's what I call myself all (laughs) the time. Yeah, I was on this show called High Maintenance and on HBO Mm. and that Chris Chris and Sarah watched me on that. It's just like a common thing of people see you in one thing and it's just about breaking in. And that's what's so hard. That's what I found hard. It's also unusual uh, for shows to... Well, I suppose you have peripheral famous people in your show, but for the the two leads not to be megastars is amazing and unusual and a great thing. I mean, now you are. Yeah, I'm a mega superstar. Forgive me. Forgive me. (laughs) Now you are. I'm decidedly not. I'm decidedly not. But it is funny. I mean, you know, it's like I talk about this all the time. It's with acting and with doing this. There's always a new obstacle, right? It's like if you're going to look for a job at a certain point after you've like led a show, they're like, well, we're out to names. And you're like, well, what does that mean? (laughs) Um, It's so crazy. It's like the goalpost is always moving. But it was very nice to be absolutely no one and be able to leave the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We need a real nobody. I'm here. Yes, me, please. (laughs) (laughs) You're fantastic. You're fantastic. In it. And it, and you've done three seasons. Tell me how you feel. Because the show is beloved and successful. And you're on season three of it. So you went from, you know, not being very well known to being much, 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 much more well known now. How have you changed in the three years? Basically, are you now a massive dickhead? <laughs> That's my question. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, I'm a massive dickhead. Okay. I, you just like took the words right out of my fucking mouth, don't let me put, asshole. Don't let, don't just got to slum it with this motherfucker, do his podcast. God, I mean, to waiters, I mean, to my Uber drivers. I'm like, mm-hmm, everywhere mm-hmm. I go, I'm like, what? You don't know who I am? And then like throw silverware yeah. and demand that everyone serve me. Um, How am I different? I guess... <laughs> I guess I would say I'm sadly the same. I'm older. (laughs) I think more than anything, I think when you go from being nobody (laughs) and clawing and scraping to, Mm -hmm. you know, I still have to and do claw and scrape. There's a confidence in yourself that I think moving forward through life is so nice. It's just like, oh, hopefully when people meet me or even if they haven't, they at least know about it, have like a context for who I am, what I do and like what I'm like. And so it's sort of like your reputation precedes you before you walk into a room as opposed to having to prove yourself Mm. everywhere you go. And I don't know that that's a change. It's just sort of, I'm a little bit more back-footed. I'm I'm trying to figure out how to- Oh, as in you can go like, you can go like, hey, how you doing? Um, I'll let you catch up to me. Yeah. Like you, know you, don't, me that. you don't go like, hi, I'm me and I'm great and I'm this yeah. and that. You're like, exactly. It's it like, out. yeah, you guys will figure it out. I say that. And yet I was just joking <laughs> with you before this. I read an interview that I gave that I absolutely sounded like such a dickhead in, just like a total coked up lunatic. And I'm like, maybe I'm not as bad as I like to think. <laughs> Yeah, but the the interview you're referring to is in print, and I think print interviews are nearly impossible because you're in real life funny, and anything you say funny that when it is then written down, often without the context around it, you sound mad. What, it's a it's goddamn so nightmare, especially if you swear a lot like we do. I yeah. don't know if you have this problem. I read myself in interviews, and I'm like, oh my god, you're a psychopath. Oh yeah, I think that all the time, but sometimes they they edit out my swears and I go, oh no, this is only funny with the swears. Oh. <laughs> right? you, take the, you take the swears out, now I sound really sincere. You know what I mean? Or now it's like, that's the, the worst part of it is when you're you were being funny at the table, but then written down, it just reads sincere. And you're like, oh no, Oof. I sound very earnest. Or like really egotistical, like a part of how I'm, oh gross, how, how I'm funny and funny in quotes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. is to Jeez. be disgustingly self-deprecating by bragging about yeah. myself. So when you see it in print, it's just bragging about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Where I'll be like, yeah, That's I'm just great. like fucking amazing. And everybody's proud <laughs> of me. But you like read it in print and it's like, yeah. this girl, she's changed. I sat, with, I sat with Helena. She told me she was like fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> It's a fucking like, minefield. It's please context. There's just no context. And if you get interviewed and there's like no 
the interviewer doesn't put their own voice in it. It's just like a run-on sentence of every dumb thing you said and every name drop. <laughs> That's the other thing. I'm like, oh my God, this is insufferable. I will say you do in a way that you've changed if you become more successful and people know you and you meet all sorts of people, you have opportunities to name drop. Like you're dropping bombs like crazy. Yeah, yeah. But it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know your your experience. Of, no, I mean, like later I could be like, you know, the, I was like talking to Brett Goldstein the other day and he was telling me and asking me like how I've changed. And I was and like, you just <laughs> dropped Brett Goldstein <laughs> in a conversation. I don't know if that's going to get you. I don't know if that's going to open any doors for you. Who? You know, <laughs> the sweary guy. The sweary guy. The guy that says print. fuck all the time. Doesn't swear in print and sounds deeply sincere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the really honest guy. I've forgotten to tell you something that I now need to tell you, which is um, you've died. You're dead. Dead. Okay. Okay. Dead. A lot of things make sense now. Mm -hmm. I feel I've just always been feeling a little invisible lately. And like they're just (laughs) looking straight through me. Yeah. Well, mainly because you're dead. You're dead. (laughs) Thank you. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Do I need to call anybody? I suppose I can't. No, 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 no. But you, you, you can, uh, you can tap them on the shoulder and sort of whisper, but you can't call them. You can't do any, you can't work with technology. Okay. I do. I'm, I'm sort of excited from this place to also watch people mourn me and give me more attention than is ever imaginable. I do you ever think mm. too, like, if like, did I die on the same day as like somebody bigger? Will anybody oh, care? That is such a great, such a great thought. Like, okay, did I so die you... and did Oprah die on the same day? <laughs> oh God. That You're is, just not gonna get your due. Worse. Okay, so you died the same day as Oprah. I don't even know if you make the papers. My God. Nobody it's gives mad. a shit. You're not even a thumbnail. You're not even a thumbnail on the cover of People. They dedicate the entire cover to her. She's on the every, you know. When you know when they do the like in memoriam at the Oscars or the Emmys, it's just Oprah that year. It's just her. It's a Nobody it's, it's a, a five minute me. tribute to Oprah. Anyone else who died that year, forget it. I wonder if I would be in the tribute at the Oscars. I think no. <laughs> <laughs> Not, well, only because of Oprah. How did you die the same year as Oprah? How did you die, Elena? Well, I got hit by an electric bicycle crossing Prospect Park Whoa. West as he, this guy, just like absolutely bad out of hell, needed to get somebody their sushi lunch. <laughs> and Oprah died. She was from bad in the sushi? middle from bad sushi. <laughs> You were connected forever. So go on, how did she die? Yeah, Oprah died like in the middle of the ocean doing an amazing story on saving the orca whales and like the entire boat got swallowed whole and she's just gone. Actually, I did see a video of that happening to somebody. Yeah. (laughs) Getting swallowed by a kayak. They're killing people. Yeah, the orcas are killing the boats. Yeah. They're, they're, um, what's the word? Training each other. Well, and they took out Oprah. Wow. And she was out there trying to save them. She yes. didn't know what they wanted. They wanted to be left alone. Wow. Okay, so you hit by an electric bike and someone didn't get their sushi. Did the person riding the bike, was it a hit and run? Or were they like, yeah. they got it? Yeah, it was a hit and run. They didn't stop. If you live in New York City, which I know you don't, these guys mm-hmm. have a mind of their own. They don't give a shit what happened. They don't care what happened to me. They got to get to the next thing. And you know what? I appreciate and respect the hustle. Okay. So you're not even mad about it. All right. So you killed by an electric bike. Do you worry about death? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't everybody, does anybody answer no? <laughs> you know what? I did one, recorded one of these yesterday. He answered no. He said, don't think about it. No point. I, said, I think all about right, it mate. all the time. And recently my husband and I sat down to do our living will, which I guess, damn, is coming into use at this exact moment now that I'm doing this yeah. pod and I've been informed. Thank they God must be reading it. it. Thank God. Yeah. Any surprises in it? In the no spo- living no will? No spoilers, but any surprises in the living will? Any like, do you think anyone will be like, but yeah, wow. Well, yeah, I, I think my, well, no, he's not going to be surprised. We gave our baby to a member of the family. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> and I think <laughs> other members will be jealous and right. mad. And I've been really rushing my husband to get this in because I was like, there needs to be no confusion over who gets this baby because he's the only grandchild, niece, n- nephew, anybody. And I think people would like people, by people, I mean my family would tear each other to yeah. absolute pieces fighting over this child. Right. But I thought about death Did, so you much. Told doing the that? person. The person yes. who's going to get the baby. The do they person know? knowing, okay yeah. And the person knowing getting their baby is like now threatening to kill me to get said baby. Is like, well, that's so right. sad that you told me that. I'm going to kill you now because I want him. Does that person ride an electric bike, perchance? Oh my God. I'm not even kidding you right now. This is not a joke. He does. He has an electric right. bike. Well, let's that's just so say, I don't think it was such an accident. <laughs> I can't believe he actually does. And that came full circle. That was gorgeous, <laughs> Brett. That is comedy in a full circle. Thank Claps you guys. For Thank self. you for coming. Claps for Thank self. You. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for everyone who came. Uh, just want to say we don't take this for granted. We've all had a good time. <laughs> Hang on, why are you worrying about death so much? I've always worried about death so much. Okay. Even as a kid, like I cried to my grandmother, my Oma, and I was like, "Am I going to die?" And she said, "Yeah." And I think about like, and, and you know what's the other reason too? This is so psycho. Everything I do now, do you do this? Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, well, I want to take care of old lady me. Or like, I want, I, I think about everything I do as in like, when I'm on my deathbed, when it's like the last couple of months, when like the writing's on the wall, will I look back yeah. and be like, fuck yeah. And so almost right. like I think about death in relationship to everything I do. Shit. Yeah. I, I suppose I do in terms of, that's why I want to get so much shit done because I feel like time's yes. running out. Yes. I got to do this. I got to like meet yeah. this person. I can't miss out on that restaurant. If I don't go to that, or like I need to I need to experience the full round of life so that when I'm at the end, I look back and I'm like, fucking did it. Yeah. Then death is on your side. This is good. Yeah. Because you're saying without death, without without the specter of death hanging over, you'd probably be just sort of laying around. I think that's a really nice way of looking at it. Yes. I choose to look at it that way, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> what what do you think happens when you die? Is there an afterlife for you, Helena? Is there an afterlife? I think about this a lot of times too. Well, oh, this is so deep. I'm converting to Judaism. So in that, the answer is no. <laughs> but if I went back to my old roots, it would be yes. But I don't know, in Why? a way that is beautiful, don't you think we never die if you do a good job at living and you live on through the legacy of your friends, your children, your loved ones? In that way, is well, that after? Is that the afterlife? Is like you in memory? I don't know. You're talking like Coco rules. Coco rules of like you, you live as long as you're remembered. Uh, what is that? Coco rules. Uh, the film, the Pixar film Coco, which is all about death, is. Oh, uh, I don't know that one. You should. Uh, you should see it. It will fuck you up. But it's basically the 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 dead are remembered. If you have pictures of your family, if you love and the people that you love and you think about, they live on because you remember them, basically. And if you stop remembering them, then they go, then they're dead, dead, dead. Damn, that's the afterlife. Or the afterlife only lives as long as you're remembered. Yeah. The film doesn't really answer what happens after that bit. Just oblivion, I suppose. Do you know what makes me sad about that? Go go ahead. No, I want to hear your worry with it. No, I know my worry. (laughs) Well, I'm wondering if it's your worry. Maybe not. But my worry with that is, is like, is that a part of the, then you get into the hamster wheel of being like, I must be as known as possible in life. So I'm remembered as long as possible. And then that will extend my afterlife. Yeah. And you've also got a guy like, it's not a great necessarily sort of rule because Hitler's very well remembered. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, 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 Well it remembered? He's remembered <laughs> well as in he's distinctively he's... remembered. <laughs> But you just said he's well remembered. remembered. He's he's famously thought of quite highly for years. Quote, post-podcast, Brett Goldstein (laughs) talks about Hitler as being well remembered. (laughs) But the point is, he's he's not been around for a while, but we're still talking about him, which means by these rules, he's having a lovely time in this afterlife. Or it's purgatory. Do you see what I'm saying? I guess. Well, Is he in shit purgatory because he's remembered, but it's like remembered. a shit memory. Okay. And he's sticking around okay, like to like this. witness how sh- big of a piece of shit he was being like, oh, I okay. tur- I was a turning point for humanity. That's how bad of a dude I was. 
Doesn't sound like you remember him well at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have great memories of Hitler, no, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a, well, for your films, he sounds like a dickhead. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> the point is this. You living through the memory of your family and friends is all well and good for two generations, max. Right, max. And then I what? don't remember anybody, yeah. Maybe, maybe two more generations, if you're lucky, there's a new version of Who Do You Think You Are? And they do an episode and they find out, oh, your great, 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 great grandma was in a show called The Other Two when there was a thing that used to be called TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you're, yeah. oh, you're brought back in the afternoon <laughs> for a second. Because of that show that won't be on TV, it'll be on whatever <laughs> yeah, it is at the time. But it will time. just be in our brains. So then what? When you're forgotten? I, I probably, here's the thing I think about is that, you know how like the cosmos, it's never ending. Like what is the edge of the universe? What What is the unknowable thing? Isn't mm-hmm. our lives and our spirit and whatever our ethos is, isn't that an unknowable thing? Is that not a frontier of the unknowable? Can we know? I, when I start to think about space, it really makes me want to vomit. It's just too much. Yeah, me too. Being like, what is too much. How big is it? <laughs> ah! You know what I mean? I'm like, no, 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 no. But if you think about souls afterlife, what happens to us? If you look in the grand scheme of like, God, Jesus Christ, like, why is anything anything? Can't you think, oh, then there's got to be an answer for like who we are and where we go. And everybody tells you stuff like, you're so like your grandmother or whatever. Like, are you not recycled Mm. a little bit? Uh, Yeah, that stuff. Hang on. Firstly, if you do ever finish the other two, I would like to pitch a space show, much like Star Trek, where you are the lead captain and every episode starts with a shot of space, the space you're going through it, and the voiceover is you going, space, it's too much. <laughs> that's, what that's what I want the opening line. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's too much, isn't it? <laughs> space, fucking good. hell. Oh, I don't like this at it's all. too much. It is too much. That's a good opening. Anyway, the other thing, what we're saying, space, you <laughs> recycling souls yeah recycling souls the unknowable i mean yeah that stuff is weird it is weird how my nephew looks the same as me and my dad and and my sister like all, all these like the way he smiles you go well that looks like mm-hmm. it's just recycle everything's recycling you're right but i i do often think and again i'm not sure why this why it should be this case i sometimes think that you die and when you die you go, oh, it's this. Oh. Like everything, everything, your return to the space where you're not in this body with its limited brain and its limited eyes and everything is let in and suddenly you are all consciousness, all the world, all the light. And you go, oh, yeah, there's all that I stuff. That can't believe I did that I for 90 years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that. I can't believe actually. I worried about that print interview. Do you know what I mean? You go. <laughs> also, I think about this sometimes. Once you get to that mm. place, are you then like spend a little time doing that and think, you know, I want to try yes. this. And yes. you live it then for 90 years and you go back to that like upper consciousness thing that you just talked about. Yeah. And you're like, that was interesting. Yeah. Like there's some guy up there, some dickhead was like, I'm going to try to be this Hitler guy and see what happens. Yeah. And he goes up and he's like, damn, that was fucked up. Can't believe yeah. I use Hitler as an example. We should stop talking about him. Yeah, it does seem like we're sort of really obsessed with him. Or you think like, ooh, you know, I want to try being a middle-of-the-road D-list actress. Let me try that. <laughs> and go to her. <laughs> and just try it. And honestly, it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Helena. There is a heaven. There is this place. And you're going there. And you're very welcome. And I'll, I'll tell you a spoiler. Hitler's not there. You were right. He's in a perfect place. <laughs> Being where, poorly, you know, poorly remembered. Well remembered, but Very poorly, poorly remembered. Uh, and it's filled, heaven is filled with your favorite thing. What's your favorite thing? What's my favorite thing is cheese. Yeah, right. This place, this is a cheese factory. It's like Cheesecake Factory, but it's just cheese. <laughs> and everything, everywhere is cheese. She, you know, nice, like the right texture to sit in the sofas are made of cheese it won't break but it's sort of soft squeaky cheese you're sitting on squeaky cheese this honestly uh, sounds like a nightmare i no longer yeah like how long do you still love cheese (laughs) 
Honestly, this sounds This is why bad. you might be like. <laughs> I changed my mind. I'm going to go like, back. I'm going back. I'm going back. I'll be an E-list actor. Let me go. What's below D? There's <laughs> <laughs> cheese everywhere. And everyone is excited to see you. All the giant cheese strings that talk. And they're very big fans of yours. And they want to talk about your life through film. The first thing they ask you, the giant cheese string people, is what is the first film you remember seeing, Elena York? Okay. Being asked this is interesting because you get told that you've seen films, but you have to like to remember Mm. being told versus remembering. And this question is also, how old are you, Helena York? (laughs) My answer (laughs) is The Little Mermaid, which was the 1989 animated Little Mermaid. What a film. And my brother was born that year and we would sing the... uh, the songs all day long. And he, and I'll never forget him. Us like, I have an, another brother and we would shame him because he'd be like, a whole new world. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure we were basically <laughs> shaming him into speech therapy to learn how to say his R's. <laughs> but it's the Little Mermaid. <laughs> Do you still sing a whole new world? Oh, yeah, at him. A whole new world. Yeah. Fuck you. It's like that. <laughs> Are you the middle of two boys? No, I'm the oldest with two boys. Right. Mm-hmm. I see. I mm-hmm. see. And did you, did the little mermaid make you want to be a musical person, a star, or a mermaid? I think it made me want to be a mermaid and a singer. Right. Because something I'm going to say about myself that would look bad in print because it, this is a brag. <laughs> <laughs> make it the quote. Make it the quote. Let's go. Let's replace the Hitler thing with this. Yeah, replace it with this quickly, quickly, quickly. Make her sound like a dickhead. <laughs> Is if if you can sing, if you're going to be able to sing, it's kind of evident at an early age, and you feel that your voice can do this thing. And singing that music was that for me. Look at this stuff, like all that, all those songs. Oh, and then recently, it. it's so good. Yeah, I, mean, I haven't seen the new live seen action the new? yet. No. no, I haven't seen it yet. But that is, uh, isn't it? John Kander wrote all those songs. Alan Menken. Alan Menken. Yeah. Oh, they're so good. Do you find, I once met a man who sings, who's an actor, a singing actor, as they call him. And <laughs> he told me sincerely, and I didn't laugh at him. I really think, think about this quite often. I go, what a wonderful, he meant it. It's difficult for someone who finds sincerity difficult, but this was a very beautiful thing he said. <laughs> I said, we're talking about him singing and stuff. And he said, with no irony, when I sing, I feel closer to God. And I thought, that's lovely. Is that how you feel? That is so nice. Um, <laughs> do I feel closer to God? It's a powerful mm. feeling, singing and being good at singing and doing it for people. Mm. And so maybe that's what he's talking about. It is this sort of other plane that you go to. Like I've stood center stage and nailed it. And if that is what being close to God is, then sure. It's an unbelievable feeling. But he meant like sincerely in a room by himself. (laughs) No, I think the difference between him and you is he said it made me feel closer to God as in I'm channeling God. What you've just said is you feel like a God. (laughs) 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 Again, this is why I get trouble in print (laughs) is that it makes me feel godly as God, yes. Oh my fucking God, kill me. Yeah, that is what I'm saying. I'm saying it and fuck it. I said it. And it's true. I bet it is true. I can't sing it. It would be amazing. What an amazing thing. It's Magical. the best feeling. And and when you're good at it at a young age, everybody makes a big deal mm. out of you. I like it when people mm. make a big deal out of me is what I'm saying. <laughs> and it really is just a continuation of what you're saying I'm saying, mm. which is that... um. Yeah, I like to be seen as being the best, which if you saw written out in print again, would look really bad. <laughs> I think this whole episode should be transcribed and ruined both of us. Do you, what is the film that made you cry the most? Are you a crier, Elena? I am a crier. I'm a proud crier. And I don't know about you, probably not based on, I don't know, being a man. I don't know. I don't know your answer to this. Go on. Um, when a movie is about to make me cry, I'm like, fuck yeah. And I lean in and I like, you know, when you kind of, you're like, Ooh, I'm right on the precipice. Like I'm going to get it there. Ooh, I'm going to get edging, it. 
and you're edging experience. and you're like, you're like, here they come, here they come. And it like feels so good. <laughs> when a movie gets me there, I'm like, baby, baby, mm. here we go. And those, <laughs> I have two answers. I have my embarrassing answer. It's not embarrassing. And then I have my like cinephile answer. But my real answer is the Joe Wright Pride and Prejudice. Oh, wow. When Matthew McFadden takes Kira Knightley's Ooh. hand or they, they don't hold hands and like the sun is rising over the misty hill. That was such a beautiful film. And um, that's the one I think the most that made me cry. But then the other kind of movies that make me cry are war movies. <laughs> And like guys dying in war, especially these world wars where these like kids, it just kills Mm. me. And um, the most recent one that like made me absolutely lose it was Sam Mendes 1917, where they start out with the two guys that like that movie was one was, you know, I'm sure they did. They obviously didn't do it in one shot, but it made it feel like a one or and you think, oh, these two guys, you're starting out with these two characters and the best friend dies like a third of the way in. In yeah, that God. little, and he's, and then he keeps going. I like lost it for that. Mm. War, war movies with these like young guys dying really gets me because they like mm. had to go and it's for like queen yeah. and country and all, or country in our case. <laughs> but, or I guess now it's king and country. Damn. Thank you. Thank you. Not as nice of a ring, honestly, but it is that now. It doesn't, it doesn't, the song doesn't sound quite as good. It's, this, I can't work out if it's, you sort of go like, do you need this song, mate? Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. like it's his song. Song? Do you know what I mean? I'm like, God Save the King. Oh, we, yeah. we have a national anthem. And yes, yes, yes. It used to be God Save the Queen. And now, now they've just sort of... I'm sort of like, why didn't you commission a new song? Because you're such a brat. God Save You, why? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's get really... Anyone. Yeah, oh, get gosh. anyone. What is the film that scares yeah. you the most? <laughs> <laughs> do you like being scared? No, I hate it. And there are people that are huge fans of horror films. And I'm like, absolutely not. No, I hate this. And I think this film actually put me off horror films because I think it was 99. Was it 99? It was Scream, the first Scream. Now it's like, it's like you're on Scream 11 or something. But like original Scream (laughs) and that opening scene with Drew Barrymore, again, a character you Mm -hmm. think like, oh, this movie's going to be about Drew Barrymore. And then she's hanging in the garage. And she's mm. in the house on the phone. That scared the shit out of me. Because I used to babysit yeah. growing up. And like around that time, I was like heavy in the babysitting rotation. And you're alone oh, in a house. You're like alone. Making popcorn. Making popcorn, about to watch a movie on a rotary phone. <laughs> I mean, not on a rotary, but we did not have cell yeah. phones in my day. And um, that movie scared the shit out of me. Because it just felt like, oh, that could happen to me. Uh, what is the film that people don't like? It is not critically acclaimed, but you love it unconditionally. I don't know if it's not. It could, it had to have been panned. I should have looked up the Rotten Tomatoes. It's okay. Okay. I want to look it up while I'm talking to you. Mine is Twilight. Okay. I've I think fucking that's a, that's loved right. those. That had to be yeah. bad on, on Rotten Tomatoes. I believe so. Certainly not critically beloved. It can't be, right? I can't look it up. It's too much. I don't want to like search and be talking to you. It's disgusting. Yeah, and you're, you're, something will pop up in the news with you in it and we'll have to stop. Like, ah! yeah. In print. Um, <laughs> yeah, I loved the Twilight Saga. I loved all three of them. And I remember everybody being like, these books fucking suck. And I was like, do they? And so I read them just because I was like, I wanted to have an opinion on this thing that everybody was talking about. And I read the books and I was like, yeah, I guess these suck, but damn, I see why people love them. I did the same thing with Fifty Shades of Grey. I was like, fuck you, I'm going to read them. And I read all three. You read them? I read the first one to understand what was going on in the world. And I, listen, I talked about this a lot. Like people who say they're shit, which sort of, they kind of are, but they're also definitely not because how could they have been such a phenomenon if they weren't hitting something very squarely on the head? Do you know what I mean? Like, thousand percent and I was like this is basic rudimentary reading with like hot sex Mm. of course people like that they don't have to think and you can just like put it down real quick rub it out and keep going like no wonder people love these things makes complete sense to me anyway why do we oh twilight you love twilight Twilight. I like twilight I love twilight okay it's one of those things too where they're showing on tv I'm like yeah sure I'll watch twilight again you know what I mean yeah what's the film that you did love you used to love it. And you've watched it again recently and you put out, no, I don't like this no more. 
I don't know that I don't like it anymore. It's more like sad that it doesn't hold up. <laughs> Is that mm. what it's supposed to be that you don't like it anymore? Or you're like, ooh. It could be. It just doesn't hold up. It could be anything. You might have changed. The world has changed. It doesn't mean it's a bad film. It's just something's happened. I fucking loved my best friend's wedding. Like I loved it yeah. so much. And like, I remember calling friends after it ended when I was in high school being like, why doesn't he choose her? Why would he choose Cameron Diaz? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. And, you know, she was obviously the one. And then I watched it again and I'm like, you fucking idiot. She like went to Chicago <laughs> to break up a relationship that he was having with this like young, unassuming girl. The family is so nice to you. Like, you're being invited to lunches and like all this stuff. Like you're going to the baseball games. Like everybody, you're going on a ride of like, the. she's just like an awful character and it's so crappy. And by the end, I was like, ugh, no. You know what I mean? Like I when I watched it again. Have you watched that movie? No. Uh, yes. I cut a few years ago. We watched it. I think we talked about it until last week we watched it. Oh my God. And she like basically plays this. First of all, I looked it up too. And I don't know if this happens to you when you look up old movies. You're like, how old was Julia Roberts when she did My Best Friend's Wedding? 28. 28. How old was she when she did Pretty Women? Younger than that. She must have been like 25. Christ. Isn't that insane? I'm nothing. That is insane. So much older than that now. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I got to the end of that and I was like, my baby is like hysterically crying. Does my husband hear Oh, shit. Do you need to go and get a baby? You can bring the baby on the pod. No, no, no. Get a baby. We're pro-baby. He was like literally losing his mind. It's so funny. Like everybody asked me, did you bring him to work? Did you bring the baby to work with you? I was like, are you out of your mind? If I hear him, I have a lobotomy. Like my brain literally (laughs) shuts down. I stop functioning and I see people bringing their kids to work. And I'm like, how the fuck do you do that? I don't know how you do that. I just like, it's like a totally separate part of my lizard brain. It's so bizarre. Okay. I was talking about my okay. best friend's wedding. Yeah. She's a, a like a successful restaurant critic at 28. Doesn't make any fucking sense. To be a successful restaurant critic, you have to have like known restaurants and been in the food world for a long time. Like you're not a successful yeah. restaurant critic. She goes, I'm really mad about this movie now. Like it's disgusting that I was on her side. I can't believe they duped. Like, I can't remember how old I was, me, into thinking like, oh, yeah, we're really rooting for Julia Roberts. But maybe they weren't. Maybe I was just like dumb and young. But anyway, I watched that movie again and damn. But you know who's great at that is Rupert Everett is amazing. In that so movie. great in it. So great in it. What is the film that means the most to you, Helena? Not necessarily the film itself is any good, but the experience you had around seeing it will always make it special to you. Oh, are you talking about? I got this question ahead of time, and I thought it was a film you loved because it was like a formative to you. Is that what you mean? I mean, like the actual. Let's say it was the first date you had with your husband. That sort of things. Like when I saw this film, this happened and it will always mean something to me because of the whole thing around seeing the film. Yes, absolutely. So my answer still stands. (laughs) And that movie is (laughs) Shawshank Redemption. Great. It's a very good, famously a very good film. Famously very good film that I barely watched because I was with my first love. We were in high school and he was like a cinephile. His name's his name his name was. He's he's alive. His name is Niles Cook. He's married. He has three Niles. kids. He lives in Portland. He's like a therapist now. And I was so in love with him. And we fell in love in like the purest way by passing notes during English class. Uh. And he was so like bitingly clever and funny and like. Maybe not like the hottest guy in the world, but it didn't matter because he was like so smart and funny. Do you know what I mean? And it was like the first time I like it wasn't like now we text and whatever. And when you're like dating somebody new, you're like, are they a good texter? Like, are they funny over text? And it was literally past notes during an English class. And I just loved him. And he was dating this like soccer hotshot at the school at the time. Sorry, football. And um, (laughs) exactly. Anyway, and so it was not meant to be, but then they broke up at the end of senior year. And he was like, my favorite movie is Shawshank Redemption. And I was like, I really wanted to be cool and care about Shawshank Redemption. And so I like went over to his house and it was like my first, it was funny though, because we did watch it, but it was like the anticipation of hooking up during all of Shawshank Redemption. (laughs) Imagine that. (laughs) Imagine watching Shawshank. And assault in Shawshank Redemption. Like, so much assault. And you're yeah, going, oh, but, am I going to kiss? 
Oh, this film's so hot. Where do we get a kiss? <laughs> yes. And we ended up making out at the very end. I think I missed the end, but it was like, you know, it was like my first hookup. And I think about it all the time. Uh, was it a good kiss? Oh, he was great. He was the greatest. Yeah. He even texted me recently. This is amazing. Yeah, I got nice. a text from him. I had just had a new baby and I was like, you know, in the eyes of hell. And he texted me and he's like, I had a dream about you last night and you know exactly what that means. And I was like, exactly what I needed to hear in this moment. And he has a family nice. and I have a family. Good. But yeah, like 20 years later, he's like, I had a dream about you. And I was like, fuck yeah. We were in prison. Morgan Freeman was there. We were kissing. You know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. Uh, and he was right. It's a great movie. I had to watch it again Great to be movie. like, what is this movie? And I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he does get out. What is the film you most relate to, Elena York? Bridget Jones' Diary. Does anybody say that? I can't believe that's not on the list of like... No. Amazing. No one said that. No one said that. And now you say it. I'm like, amazing no one said that for this answer. I can't believe nobody say that. Also, how has nobody said yeah. The Little Mermaid? That's come up. In okay, great, places. great. Yeah, Bridget Jones's Diary. It came out when I was in high school. Yeah, I was in high school. And I had read the book and I loved the book. And I was so excited about the film. And I'm really sorry an American played her for all British people. However, now She's only British. British people play Americans. Like, yeah, exactly. It's fair. They're like, where do we find a hot, <laughs> straight guy? I guess Australia or England. <laughs> <laughs> Make them bang through an accent real quick. I loved it. She was such a mess. And she was in love with like the two guys that I was always in love with because it was Colin Firth from the original Pride and Prejudice, which I'm a fan of all Pride and Prejudices, but it is the Joe yeah, Redwood you... that makes me cry. And then Hugh Grant, who was speaking of Jane Austen and Sense and Sensibility and was so hot and good in that and in everything. And anyway... Oh, I was like, God, she lives in this like little apartment. She's always dieting. <laughs> and then, you know, falls in love with the wrong guy. And basically it was Pride and Prejudice. And I love, and I was like, oh, how funny that they cast Colin for that's crazy. Pride and Prejudice and Pride and Prejudice again, basically. You know, so stupid. <laughs> and like that's one that I had the DVD. I would like put on time and time. I love that movie. I haven't said this in a while. I love the sequel, Wildly Underrated, Edge of, Edge of, Edge of Reason. Would you join the Edge of Reason? But then that should be your answer for like something that's not critically acclaimed that you love. In there you go. That's a, that's a great answer for that. Yeah. I think so it's we can really answer that great. Too. Yeah. Big sequence where she does mushrooms. Big sequence yep. where she's in a women's prison. It's funny. It's got that's right. Big, big funny stuff in it. Yeah, underrated. We watch. Yeah, you're right. It is underrated. Mm -hmm. I forgot she gets like she ends up in a Thai prison or something. Yeah, and like yeah, is there for months, out. and her like ex boyfriend yeah. has to get her out. <laughs> yeah, yes. they really go for it. I think what I was more annoyed at is that like I'm a big fan. Like I'm very basic, and then I'm like, give me my happy ending, baby. And then mm. the sequel revealed that they broke up, and I was like, I'm out. I was really mad that they broke up. Right. Yeah. I know that feeling. What is the film? that you thought was the sexy was the sexiest okay this borders on porn this movie it came out in 1998 and it was called dangerous mm -hmm. beauty and it was with Catherine Cornick. no 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 that's yeah. is it dangerous yeah dangerous beauty not not um american beauty that's not live tyler no 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 that's not live tyler go on tell it's me dangerous beauty Catherine mccormick rufus sewell do you, is that how you say sewell yeah and she plays a courtesan in like Venice or something. And she like has all these, you know, like Pope clients and shit. And he's like a sexy guy who falls in love with her and ends up having to marry like a sensible girl. And they stay in love. And they, the sex scenes are so unbelievable and so romantic. It was such a sexy movie. Uh, you should go watch it. It has, it is not well rated. <laughs> I looked it up. It is not well loved and was not well loved at the time. And I do not understand why. What is psycho to me is also that I'm like, you did not make this for 13 year olds. And yet it felt that it was made for me at that time <laughs> in my sexual awakening. And maybe that's why I have such like a firm memory yeah. of that being the sexiest movie ever. 
But it was, I mean, they're like, you know, it's like satin sheets and she's a courtesan. She knows all this stuff about sex and she's really sexy and she falls in love with him and like having to do her courtesan thing with like these gross dudes becomes like a little bit more difficult for her. It's so hot and he's, I think he's such a good actor and he's so good in it. I feel like I'm selling it to you because you are sitting back being like, bitch, why? Don't know. No, no, no. You really, I'm like annoyed I haven't seen it because it sounds right up my shit. Everything you're describing like, yeah, oh my right up my God. And it's like, and then there's this, I like, it's like burned in my brain. This like guy who's a cardinal and gets like carried in. You're like, oh God, these Catholic guys are such so fucked up and like they were having tons of sex with courtesans. I, I think it's called a courtesan if you're no courtesan, courtesan, whatever. Point is courtesan. hot fucking movie. All right. Dangerous beauty it is. But there is a subcategory to this question. Troubling boners, worrying why dons. A film you found arousing, you weren't sure you should. Hello, New York. I feel very much that all of your questions are A, how old are you, Helena York? And like B, <laughs> when did you go through puberty? Because <laughs> if you year stamp any of mm. these, it's like, oh, okay, that hits like right, right at that yeah. turning point of your <laughs> adolescence. How old are you and when did you and when did you hit puberty? That's the that's really what Right. That's question. really the question is like okay. Yeah, you're like basically my doctor. Um, <laughs> mine is Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Ex- extraordinary answer. Please tell me more. This sex scene with him and Courtney Cox in that movie is um, to like... And it starts with like a headboard banging against the thing and like all the animals are watching them. And I think it was like a hard cut, like they're building tension between those two characters the whole time and then they finally get it on. And yeah, that's when I was discovering masturbation. And I, that's when I was going through puberty, doctor. And that's really the one. (laughs) Brilliant. Hasn't come up. Brilliant. I'm shocked. I'm shocked that hasn't come up. This sex scene from Ace Ventura Pet Detective. What do people say? Like, what is the common answer for that? That's not supposed to be. Little mermaids. <laughs> would really? be a common answer. Would be w- one's answer, perhaps. Mm-hmm. You know, an often common answer is, "Oh, I don't know," and I always think, "You fucking know." People say, you know. "I don't know." Yeah, people. Some people, not many, but there are, let's say, people who dodge the question in a way that I find disturbing and very revealing. <laughs> I just told you that that's when I was discovering masturbation, so I'm the opposite of that mm. problem. And yeah. again, something that mm. would look troubling in print. This the, the theme. <laughs> objectively, objectively, what's the greatest film of all time? Might not be your favorite, but it's the greatest. It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What? <laughs> uh, what is the film that you could or have watched the most over and over again? Bridget Jones' Diary. Is it? Yeah, I'm loop. surprised that like. I'm surprised that what's the most, most like that most like you in that isn't usually the same answer. It was it came out at a time when I was like becoming an adult and it yeah. was about this adult woman that didn't have it all together and I was a teenager so of course I didn't have it all together and it just like it was like a warm blanket. It made me feel like it was okay to be like kind of off. And so I just, I watched it over and over and over again. I loved it. Love that. Let's not be too dark about this, but what's the worst film you've ever seen? It's the worst one. Okay. I'm surprised people have answers because like, why would you even continue watching the worst movie you've ever seen? And the only reason you would continue watching the worst movie you've ever seen is if you went to the premiere. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I could give an answer where you went to the premiere and you're in it. So you have to. So you have one of those. What's what is it? It's Cosmopolis. It was when Rob Pattinson had just (laughs) done doing the yeah, and he had just done, and he's a brilliant artist, Rob Pattinson, Mm. and he had just gotten done doing the shitty Twilight Saga, which I love. But I think he was like, I'm an artist. I want to be an artist. And good for him. It did what it needed to do. He's doing so many amazing films now. But he did this movie, Cosmopolis, and I fucking hated it. Him wanking in a limo and stuff like that. I think the entire movie is him in a limo. Yeah. 
it's like trying to do American Psycho, but he's just in that limo. And then people like good actors and or and like sometimes he gets out of the limo to get coffee or whatever. But for the most part, he's just in that limo. Nope, I didn't really. No. And I, it was like one of the first <laughs> premieres I ever went to. And I was like, I'm at a premiere. I'm, I'm, I can't, you can't leave. And it was no. at MoMA. So it was in that basement movie theater. Yeah. Wow. What did you say afterwards? I was with did a you friend. Did see anyone from the film? Did I see? Yeah, I think people from, I think he was there. No, I, I think I left with my friend who invited me to go with her. And I was like, just assumed that it had a premiere and I was there and I was like, this is good. This is supposed to be good. I'm supposed to like this. And I left and I was like, that was bad, right? She was like, I didn't like it. <laughs> but again, like, I don't, I don't want to talk disparagingly about that movie. And I also think as an actor, that was the smart thing for him to be doing at that time. I'm l- l- yeah, Listen to me backpedal an and like taste. panic. Yes, It's an acquired <laughs> taste. I don't think it's a bad film, but I do think it's in it. It's not the easiest film. And I can totally get why a lot of people might not enjoy it. It's, I don't think that's a crime. I wonder if I watched it again, if I would like appreciate what it was from like an art standpoint. Do you know what I mean? Am I going to make you Maybe. do that? <laughs> Sends an email like, you know what, Brett? I did, I do. It's, I can see it. It's beautiful. You know what? It's beautiful. It's actually really beautiful. <laughs> You're in comedy. You're very funny. What's the film that made you laugh the most? God, it's really sad. All of my answers are British. We know it wasn't Ace Ventura. You was too busy uh, rubbing yourself off to laugh in that one. It is Ace Ventura, but I... Exactly. But I already answered Ace Ventura for sexiest, so I really did need to change my answer. (laughs) (laughs) And so my answer for made me laugh the most is um, Austin Powers, the first Austin Powers. Yeah. It's so fucking funny. So fucking funny. And like all the subsequent ones, whatever. Also so fucking funny. Funny. Danger's my middle name. (laughs) So good. Those are, it's so good. That one. Oh, I fell over. Oh, I fell over again. (laughs) I guess that doesn't hold up. It is basically assault, but I loved it. (laughs) Please, no one print out this, this interview. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Maureen, what's this I hear about you going to film school? I am. I want to gain valuable skills while making films and developing my creativity. So I'm attending the New York Film Academy. I'm thinking about becoming one of them people that writes the numbers on the title board. NIFA is a very respected film school. I hear they offer a variety of options to meet your educational goals, whether you want a BFA or MFA degree or want to learn at a quicker pace with a short-term programme. That's right. They've got workshops and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, cinematography, screenwriting, producing, game design, musical theatre and more. Are you attending in New York? Might do. They have multiple campuses in some amazing locations like New York, LA, Miami, Italy, Australia and online. And you can learn more about the New York Film Academy at nyfa.edu. That's nyfa.edu. Thanks, Maureen. Hello, my neighbour Maureen. What's this I hear about you getting a promotion at the office? Didn't you just get promoted last month? It's all thanks to Canva. I've been nailing every meeting with AI-powered Canva presentations. Isn't that Canva's AI slide generator where you just describe your presentation in a few words and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides in seconds? That's right. And to top it off, I use MagicWrite, Canva's AI text generator, to perfect my points. Sounds brilliant, Maureen. No more copying and pasting from other programs. No more app switching. Can Canva Docs with MagicWrite generate any text you want for work? Yes. Sales proposals, marketing plans, yeah. Meeting agendas, ratings of all 12 Muppet movies using the extensive point system that I developed at age 12. Anyone can save time with Canva's AI-powered tools. Generate your draft fast with Canva Docs at canva.com designed for work. 
Oh, thanks, my name is Maureen. Yeah, thank you. Helena York, when you... I've very much enjoyed talking to you, been a delight. However, when you finished your living will with your husband, you were like, I feel good about this. The person that you left your baby to uh, heard the, the good news. Oh, one day I'll be looking after that baby, but you got a real cute baby. And that person was like, I need to end her life immediately. Bought a little sushi lunch, headed off on their electric bike. Knew mm-hmm. where you walk around, Prospect Park West. She'll be just wandering around there, just going up and down on the electric bike. Every, every stop just had a little bit of sushi. We'd go back and forth, back and forth. And then saw you come and they were like, there she is. There she fucking is. The mother of that baby I'm going to steal. And ran, saw you crossing the road, went straight towards you, knocked you over. Your head hit the road and naturally you were fine. And then a truck went straight over your head and splattered. (laughs) Death. Dead. That's like the end of... um... That reminds me of, um, I'm sorry, Mean Girls, when she's like, gets hit by the truck. She's like... And Rachel McAdams is just like screaming at her and she just gets plowed by the truck and then ends up with that neck brace at prom. Oh, such a good moment in a movie. Oh my God, is that good? Great film. Great film, nice. I'm walking along with a coffin, you know what I'm like. And I go, I see the person that's, he's now walking around, he or she's now walking around, or they, with a baby, very happy. I go, um, is that Elena Elena York's baby? And they go, it's my baby now. And I go, all right, (laughs) okay. Oh, that would explain the body over there. Go over, I go, oh, fucking hell, there she is. There's loads of the other two fans around there crying, crying. Okay, yeah. get out of the way. Let's uh-huh. deal with this. I get your body into the coffin. Your head is absolutely splattered like a watermelon and it's right oh. into the tarmac. So I'm having to get diggers and chop up the tarmac. Oh. I get bits of you, chuck is chucking the bits of you into the coffin. Now there's more of you than I was expecting what with all the tarmac <laughs> and the bits of sushi. You're jammed in there. There's only enough room to slide a DVD into the side with you and for you to take across to the other side. And on the other side, it's movie night every night. What film are you taking to show the cheese people in heaven when it's your night? Okay. That was disgusting. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> disturbing. Yeah, it's I like if anybody is found chopped up and dead, they know it was you. Um... <laughs> Okay, well, you did say a DVD, and it's not a film, but to me, it might as well be cinema, and it is a DVD. The God, I would just get drunk and like pop in an actual Blu-ray disc, and it is, it's not a film, so I guess it's off podcast topic, but it is Adele live at Royal Albert Hall. (laughs) That is very funny. I did say a DVD. You said DVD. I know that this is a film podcast. I could simply yeah. could not. I could not pump Bridget Jones any more than I already yeah. have, which I guess yeah, would be my Yeah, we all know answer. that that was, would be your answer, but you're taking a doubt. And, and you know what? It's very cinematic. Why not? You could have it. <laughs> it is. The Our camera voice is, is moving. I want to hear. I feel like something insane like Sam Mendes directed concert or something. <laughs> yeah. It there was something crazy like that. Oh, was it? Might be. It, it honestly might be. He just he does stuff like that sometimes randomly. Anyways, but and it's before she was super huge. It was after the first album. It's a great concert and a great DVD. <laughs> uh, I'm just checking who directed that just to be sure. And the answer is, of course, Paul Dugdale. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Elena, you have been a treat, a delight, a wonderful, brilliant time. Thank you for doing this. Would you like to tell anyone? to listen or watch things you have coming up. What are they? Just watch the other two. Watch it until you die. Binge it. If you haven't watched it, start from the beginning. You won't regret it. It does not take time to get into it. It's also so funny. Banger. You know how your friends, you're like, oh yeah, my friends, I need them to watch and like see the things I do to support me. But whenever I'm in something bad, I'm like, you don't have to fucking watch that. This is one where I'm like, just watch it. You'll enjoy it. Yeah, it's so nice to do something where you're like, no, you'll actually like this. This isn't you doing me a favor. This you'll enjoy this. Yeah, this I had somebody have to be torture for you. Yeah, I had somebody recently make me come to a play that they were in that I was like, this is bad. You oh, should have known that it was. Don't make me come to that. Yeah, yeah. Don't no. see the stuff that I did that's not great, but this is great. The other two. I agree. You should watch the other two. Elena York, thank you. Have a wonderful death. Thank Good you. day to you. You as well. <laughs> 
So that was episode 255. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 20 minutes of chat, secrets and video with Helena. Remember to watch Shrinking and Ted Lasso on Apple TV+. We are taking a break from new episodes for a month, but there will be Rewind Classics in the meantime. We'll be back August 9th with a banging two-parter. Thank you all for listening. I really hope you're well. Thank you so much to Helena for being so brilliant on this. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to iHeartMedia and Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the photography. And you all for listening. Come join me next week for an amazing Rewind Classic. Thank you very much, everyone. So that is it for now. In the meantime, have a lovely week. And please, be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind. Sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more. Online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now, this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.